Welcome to this special edition of the Bench Bros Sports Podcast as we're here to celebrate and remember the late, great Kobe Bryant, who was tragically killed on Sunday with his daughter Gina and several other people, including a family of three and a mother and daughter. Uh, we'll recap the great career of Kobe um, and also Gina and his life after basketball and obviously his career. Um, we'll remember a legend toast to him. So I'm your host, Wesley Splain. Joining me today is Laker fan and enthusiast, Warren Bitkowskis. How, what's up, Jordan? I I hope I didn't butcher that. I get, came close, but hopefully I got it right on. No, that was good, man. That was pretty good. Um, not much. Happy to be here. I appreciate you having me on. All right, man. Anything else going on you want to promote or anything? Um, I mean, not too much. Not too much right now. Um, had a blog out today for Nuts and Bolts Sports, a little blog site that a friend of mine hooked me up with. So I had a piece on Kobe today. Um, check, like I said, yeah, Nuts and Bolts Sports is the website. Check it out. Um, other than that, just I think tired would be the word. It's been a, a long couple of days, and I think, uh, you know, just like the rest of the country, we're all trying to process everything that's happening. But uh, it's just a day-by-day thing, you know? Right, and uh, the moving support that the Bryant family has been getting it. It's been substantial and really mind-blowing so far with all the NBA games doing the 24-second shot clocks and the eight-second backcourt violation for Kobe. We have a lot of teammates coming out, especially the TNT special last night was awesome to watch. I watched it this morning on uh, Wednesday um, with Steve Nash, Dwayne Wade, um, was Lisa Sparks on there? Lisa Sparks on there? Or uh, um, I think it was. And it's Parker, right? Yeah, yeah. And then like Wade and a couple other of uh, right. NBA greats. So it was it was a great crew. Yeah, the whole NBA community, the whole entire globe, basically came to support, and we're sh- saddened and shocked about the news. Um, I just want to get your opinion, Jordan, since you are a big diehard Laker fan. Um, what was your initial thoughts and? Um, what do you think about the whole overwhelmingly support Kobe has been getting? Yeah, so I think kind of like the rest of um, a lot of people in the country and the world, just a lot of shock and disbelief at first. Um, I was actually in Philly about 15 minutes from Lower Marion, which is where he went to high school, and saw the tweets. Uh, didn't really know what to make of it because it was TMZ and they're pretty – like hit and miss with stuff. I feel like they're always a little inaccurate. So yeah. um, was kind of just waiting, wasn't sure. And then, you know, I was on CNN and Fox and that's when it kind of, I think hit me. Um, it just, you know, just couldn't believe it. I mean, it's, you know, you see, you know, death is kind of a part of life and you, you, you expect that for people once they've lived a full life and to see someone, um, to see a whole group of people, you know, taken away when they still had so much life to live and so many things to give to the world, I think was the hardest part. Um, and especially when it is someone, you know, who, you know, with Kobe, I mean, that's, that's a guy I idolized growing up, um, you know, watching every game highlight interview. I mean, you've, you and I have known each other for a while and you've seen obviously my Twitter and stuff. It's a lot of retweets of Kobe, you know, way before this and stuff like that. I'm always sharing stuff. So um, it's uh, it's been a, you know, a long three or four days now. But um, to your second point about, you know, all the, the outpouring support, I think that's been um, incredible from the teams, you know, taking all the shot clock violations, the guys wearing the jerseys to, you know, all the interviews. I mean, you saw players, coaches, TV personalities, um, you know, move to tears by it because of the relationships that he had with them 
uh, which I think speaks volumes to him, not only as a player, but uh, as a person. Um, and I think that's that's the part that's been nice to focus on is the the celebration of the relationships that he had and the people that he touched. Yeah, absolutely. And I think um, seeing Kobe as a basketball player, everyone loved to boo Kobe. There were so many fans that, you know, Kobe just took gut punches to so many fan bases, especially the San Antonio Spurs, that whole entire fan base. And that was ended up being the first game after this tragedy struck and then they were able to do the 24 second um, shot clock violation. That was the first game and seeing them applaud was just something special. And, you know, the Lakers and the Spurs history in the two thousands, it was always for a title. So that was overwhelmingly um, shocking and like spiritually, like a good feeling to see that. But yeah, just the overwhelmingly support kind of shocked me because you hear about all these stories about Kobe Bryant from all these TV personalities and teammates. And I guess like the comparison that I can compare it to is like, they were comparing him to like Confucius. Like he had so many memorable quotes and he was just like leading away with this Mamba mentality. And everyone were all eyes and ears when Kobe was on screen or talking in front of you, or if he was tweeting something. It was just special the way Kobe Bryant literally moved a whole entire audience and a whole entire fan base and globe to act the way he wanted to. And I think the life after basketball for Kobe is where he, he shined the brightest too, moving all of these um, these great quotes and motivating people to do everything and being an um, enthusiast about women's basketball and women's sports in general and having – you know, four daughters is just some impressive, not, not even bringing up the career of Kobe, to be honest. Yeah, I definitely think that's a great point. Um, and that's something that I think a lot of people have talked about is, I mean, you know, and we'll get into it later, like his greatest accomplishments, like on the court, and they're, they're plenty. I mean, you could talk for hours about it on the court stuff, but I think it was, um, you know, a lot of his off the court stuff um, with his family, you know, like you said, advocating for women's basketball and all these other things. I mean, he, he had a whole career outside of sports. Won an Oscar. Yeah, I mean, yeah, exactly. How many how many dudes do you know play any sport and play it at such a high level only to go immediately? I mean, there was no break. He went right into doing, um, uh, you know, the, the filmmaking and the book writing and stuff like that. And, uh, that Which, have you watched your basketball yet? Yeah, yeah. It's, oh, it's uh, so good. It, it was good. It was good when it came out. It's obviously even tougher to watch now, you know, knowing, but mm-hmm. um, it's cool to see, you know, he had that same enthusiasm and passion. And that's what he, I think that's what people have been so, um, you know, relatable to him over the last couple of years is that he just wanted people to have a passion about anything, whether it was basketball or movies or music. Like he just, yeah. uh, that was what he imprinted was just having a passion about something and doing whatever you want and loving whatever you do. And that's, that's the most important part. Yeah. And it was um, one of the stories that was shocking to me was um, that Stephen A mentioned about this and a few others was, um, his ability to speak multiple languages. I was like, really? Kobe could do that? And he was speaking Spanish, German, Italian, obviously Italian because he grew up in Italy and then moved over to Philadelphia. But then learning Mandarin like on planes during away games. Like The, the dude just picked up everything and was like, yeah, I can do that. And like tried to be a master at it. It was just incredible. And especially winning the Oscar for Deer Basketball – 
so many people have tried winning Oscars and just like doesn't fall right. Just to get nominated mm-hmm. by the Academy is is a specialization of its own. Like you have yeah. to be born with it. <laughs> yeah, no, de- definitely. And, and that's why I said like, you know, how many athletes do you see go right from playing a sport into something else? Like most guys retire and they enjoy retirement as they should. I mean, most guys put their feet up, they relax and they go to the beach for a while, but not Kobe. I mean, he had this plan and idea what he wanted to do and as soon as he finished he went back to work on a monday and started still waking up at 4 a.m <laughs> going to the gym and yeah exactly i mean nothing nothing really changed for him in terms of a routine and, and a schedule and i think that's just how he was wired he was just wired differently than most guys and people and, and that's uh that's just you know that was him it's what he loved yeah especially um kobe bryant like True sensational. I, I can't really compare anyone to what Kobe did. Like you can kind of compare Kawhi Leonard personality wise a little bit to where he's going to do his own thing and just be a master at it. But he wasn't as vocal as Kobe is, and you know it's, it's just a damn shame. But go yeah. ahead. Were you going to say something? No. Nah, yeah. I mean, yeah. Definitely. Like you see guys like Kawhi and some other players. Um, that just kind of go about their business and for a while you know kobe definitely did i mean most of his career he was pretty um standoffish at times i think um but that was just because he was so focused on one thing and that was just you know winning and getting better right um but you know even he opened up especially towards the end i mean teaching all the players talking to guys on the court having these sessions like he had this summer inviting players to come just talk about basketball and teach them some of his um, you know, tricks and, and of the trade and stuff like that. So he really, you know, that's where he gained a lot of these young guys' respect was being able to be a, a mentor to them, which is he what he was it's all very about. charismatic too. Like people don't realize Kobe was really funny. Like in a press conference one time, um, I, I saw a clip on like a highlight recently where like some reporter was like, "How's your health gonna be? Are you gonna be able to go?" And like Kobe's like, "Was there any snipers in the room?" Yeah, yeah. good. <laughs> yeah, I remember that. He, uh, yeah, he he always said, you know, he was always good for a, a line or two. He was, you know, ahead of the curve when it came to to dealing with the media. So he has some good one liners like that for sure. Yeah, um, one of the players we're talking about is like Trey Young and Luka Doncic. Like he was still involved with basketball after his career, and I think Gina, his daughter, being um, loving basketball. And unfortunately, Gina being passed away now, but her involvement in basketball kind of brought Kobe back to the sport because you remember the Lakers were like a 15 to 17 win post Kobe. But that was a terrible team and no one wanted to go. And I think his daughter kind of brought him back to the sport and he started getting more involved with the players coming in. And I think Gina said that Trey Young was um, her favorite player and Kobe started doing study on Trey Young and started talking to Trey Young more. And that's where you saw the expression of Trey Young on Sunday night where he wore mm-hmm. that number eight jersey for like the first quarter and how emotional he was. Because you, you're right. This was the generation's Michael Jordan, essentially, of the 2000s. No one played like Kobe, and he was the closest thing to Michael Jordan, like playing similarities all over the basketball tape. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you, there's tons of videos online that you can find where they shoot the same exact shots and do the same exact thing and scowl the same way and stuff. So you're right. I mean, to this generation of guys, he was that. Um, you know, he Michael started Jordan. a whole trash football movement. Everyone yelling, <laughs> "Kobe!" 
Yeah, absolutely. I mean, who hasn't picked up trash to throw it away? Or if you mm-hmm. played baseball, like throwing the baseballs in a bucket, like you, everyone always did. You know, it was always Kobe with the little fadeaway. You know, and you always... or it was the Kareem, but like that was for the old guys, the new school. Was, <laughs> yeah, all the guys, all the guys did the Kareem, the younger guys did the Kobe. Um, but you know, to to your point about you know with him and, and Gian, I mean, when he retired from basketball, I mean, he he didn't really come to games. He wasn't really around it. And he was fine with it. And then when you know um, Gianna, who you said passed away, when she got to like ten, eleven years old, she asked him to teach him about basketball and, and about the game and how to play. And, and that brought him back. And then he was, you know, he only did it because she asked him to, but he went full into it and, and yeah. taught her about, you know, not just the fundamentals, but the way to be with your teammates and, and how to learn and how to, you know, work at your craft. And then so you I'll know, that she got the step back jumper too, with the kick in there. I saw yeah, one oh, yeah. I mean, come on. That's, that's a staple. That was, that's probably lesson one. <laughs> was that move. Yeah. Oh, man, definitely. Well, let's get into the career of Kobe, a very accomplished uh, NBA first battle Hall of Fame career for Kobe Bryant. I mean, five-time champion, 18-time All-Star. How many people can say they were in the All-Star game for 18 times? That is unbelievable. And win the All-Star MVP four times. Um, He was drafted 13th right out of high school, like you mentioned, Lower Marion High School around the Philadelphia area. Um, fourth leading scorer in NBA history. LeBron passed him this past Saturday um, to be the third. And the last tweet that Kobe had was congratulating LeBron and, you know, saying how great of a motivator he was. And he was the next step in line. So great accomplishments across the board for Kobe Bryant, winning those championships, being the um, two-time finals MVP. Um, What were what would you think about the career of Kobe Bryant from a basketball standpoint? Um, did anything stick out to you? Um, yeah, I think that honestly the most interesting thing about his career when I've thought about it the last couple of days is what a, I think what a unique career it was. I mean, it was the definition of a roller coaster. You have this kid come out of high school um, with all the confidence in the world, goes to play for the Lakers doesn't start like the first year or two comes off the bench, you know, doesn't have that success that he had in high school. He throws up four air balls in a playoff game. Like, I mean, four, like that would break most people. Um, he comes back stronger from it, gets better, gets better. They have this three peat with Shaq, which is incredible. And then it breaks apart. I mean, there's just drama and there's, they just didn't like each other at the end. It becomes his team in the midst of, you know, he, obviously he had that uh, you know, year-long sexual assault case, um, which affected, you know, him, his family, the organization. I mean, he became kind of a villain in the NBA for a couple of years. Um, and then, you know, they get Pau Gasol in 08. They make it to the finals three years in a row, winning two, and he kind of rebuilds his image, becomes this assassin that even though you didn't always like him, you respected him. And then towards the end of his career, the last you know four or five years, um, you know he becomes revered and loved by all fan bases pretty much. And you know at the end, um, you know his last game. I mean, it's a full house. You got all these celebrities. You know people are. You know, I mean, tw- I remember Twitter broke his last game. That you couldn't get on it. Oh you couldn't get God. on ESPN. Like it yeah. was nuts. And like every every fan base that season, he had his farewell farewell tour. We were in college watching that game. Like I remember sitting in my college house, like watching that and going nuts over it. <laughs> Unbelievable! Yeah, it, it was insane, and like that whole season was just him getting honored by team after team after team. 
And it was just a testament to how far he had come from being this young kid to a superstar, to a villain, to an assassin, to, you know, the, the old guard, the guy there. So I think that's the thing that I think about most, more than any title, more than anything, it was just what a, a roller coaster of a career he had and how uh, unique it was. And, and that was him. I mean, you know, that's just, that's Kobe. I mean, everything, you had your ups, you had your downs, but there was only one person that could get through it all, and that was him. Yeah, and uh, one thing about the TNT interview that they had um, that kind of shines the light on Kobe's career a little bit was um, how evolved uh, Jerry West made a big role in kind of the way Kobe's career shaked out because um, 1996, getting drafted by then, I think Shaquille O'Neal was like the hottest free agent out there, and he was raving about, hey, we got a great kid coming. We got a great kid coming. And it was Kobe Bryant, and they worked out Kobe before drafting him. And he put up 40 on, like, a regular NBA defender. And they are like, oh, yeah, I've seen enough. We're drafting this kid. And, you know, the rest, yeah. the rest is history, you know. And how Jerry West basically convinced Kobe to stay with the Lakers and not go to the Clippers because – uh, 2004 that was like a huge thing of Kobe wanting to leave he wasn't happy with the way the organization was going and somehow Jerry West convinced him to stay and then they made the move to get Pau Gasol and then they have another dynasty of their own like two different Kobe dynasties it, it's just unbelievable but that that 2001 through 2000 I would say 2004 because didn't they make the finals but lose to the Pistons um, yeah, yeah, they made it from the 99-2000 season all the way through the 04 year. They were in the finals, yeah. you know, three of those four years. And, and Shaq uh, was in that three. finals, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah, Shaq yeah. was. The last year was like him, Kobe. Uh, they had an, a little bit older, Carl Malone and Gary Payton. It didn't, you know, there was there was a lot going on yeah. in between the drama and some other things. But they all through all of it, they still made the finals uh, and came within a couple of games of winning. So definitely a, a successful run. Yeah, I mean, you had literally the two best players in the NBA on the same team in Shaq and Kobe during that time because big men were still a big part of the game um, in the early 2000s. And just seeing the Spurs and the Lakers going up against each other, you can talk about the King series, whether it was rigged or if uh, uh, Jim Donahue, that referee, had money on it and kind of threw it to Lakers. Oh, he did. (laughs) He did. (laughs) But, yeah, you just knew when the ball was in Kobe's hands that somehow it was getting in the basket and you just were along with the ride. And there were so many times where the uh, the other team would go up and like all the fans would be rejoicing because they thought it was a bona fide winner. And then all of a sudden here comes Kobe. Like I can remember the two, I think it was 2007 or eight, the Christmas day game against the heat where he just had the, uh, the game winning three from, like between half court and the three point line, and it kind of shook the whole world. It's like, oh, here, here he is. Here's Kobe again. But yeah, amazing career for Kobe. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, like you already touched on, like all the you know five championships, eighteen All Star games, four All Star game MVPs. I mean, the list goes on and on for you know his accomplishments. It's right up there with you know all the all the greats. You know, all the later in his career was kind of like just... dwindled with the injuries, but you know the last year was pretty much like oh yeah, here here's the Kobe tour. You know, 
I mean, yeah, yeah. Draymond exactly. Green even made a joke about it to Paul Pierce. He was like, "You ain't getting the Kobe tour." <laughs> <laughs> I remember that I was cracking up real, real hard at that. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, it's you see it a lot with in any sport. I mean, injuries, father time is undefeated. I mean, it's a cliche, yeah. but it, it's always true. And um, you know, last couple of years he was, you know, battling that those injuries. But I mean, he had a basically for his prime, he essentially had a thirteen to fourteen year run where. Um, he was one of the best players, if not the best player in the league. And, and that really is something that only a few people can say to have that that long of a career where you're at the top is is almost unparalleled. Yeah, he would play with um, – his game was so smooth, but at the same time it was aggressive. Like his dunks were just mean and nasty. He really threw down like, oh, man, just the one arm like reverse underneath the basket is just the classic Kobe dunk in my opinion, when he did that against Kevin Garnett in the target center. Oh, yeah. Kevin Harlan had that great call. (laughs) Oh, man. It's something to watch. But what was your favorite uh, Kobe Bryant moment? You mentioned about the last game. Do you have another moment? Um, I mean, the last game is definitely my favorite game just because of everything that happened. But, I mean, I would say probably – one of my other favorite ones. I mean, you have like the eighty-one point game, the sixty-two points in, in three quarters. Um, right. You know, those are all like the popular choices. At that um, time, games- I thought it was such a selfish move to get eighty-one points, but then I, then once I got older, I was like, you know what? You go with the hot hand. You just keep giving them the ball. Why not? You know. Yeah, when you're, when you're that hot, you just get out of the way, and you know his teammates uh, weren't the most offensively skilled, so um, you know it, it really couldn't hurt for him to have the ball that much that year, but. Um, I don't know. Probably my other favorite Kobe moment would be um, probably Game 7, 2010 Finals. Ironically, one of his worst shooting games, he goes 6-24. of And, you know, people have kind of killed him for it over the years. But the dude was, you know, he was so tired. His knee was banged up. He had a fractured finger on a shooting hand from midway through the year. So, like, his, he wasn't anywhere near 100%. And yet, he goes out there Game 7. He doesn't shoot well, but he finds ways to score. And then he grabs, I, I think it was 15 or 16 rebounds, um, makes some plays in the fourth quarter, and just you know wills them to their what would end up being you know, his last title against Boston, who everyone, right. you know, if you're a Lakers fan, you hate Boston. Um, the Lakers-Boston rivalry is, such, is so great. They even touched on, on that little 30 for 30 that they did, that little series. Because the Boston won in 2008, and then the Lakers got back at them in 2010. Yeah, yeah, and that would, that's why I think that's one of my favorites because, you know, that was the winner-take-all winner, winner take all game seven, and the last thing anyone wanted to do was to see the Lakers. If you're a Lakers fan, you didn't want to lose to Boston again because that's, like, the worst losing imaginable. So the fact oh, yeah. that he was able to gut it out and just the, the celebration afterwards, I mean, it was just relief. It was just um, exhilaration. He was, you know, now it's, it's even worse to see it now because he's hugging – his daughter's, you know, up there on stage. He's holding Gianna while he's getting right. the MVP trophy. So it is, you know, that that's something that's, uh, you know, I think I'm never gonna forget. I think I watch, I watch those Game Seven highlights like once every other week because it's always like, on the classic all the time when the finals roll around. I've never, other than his eighty, other than his last home game, his last game against Utah, a sixty pointer. I've never heard an NBA arena that loud. I mean, it was rocking. And, and, and if the Lakers were to somehow make the finals this well, year, it had, to, it it had to be that loud because tickets were like over $1,000 to go. Yeah. It was crazy. And that was in 2010. So that tells you, you know, the magnitude of the game. But uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, I think my other, my other semi-favorite moment, and it's not so much one moment as, 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 a, as a ton of them, but I think it's just like being able to turn on the TV and, 
anytime during like December, January, February, when a lot of guys take the games off, they kind of they're on cruise control, kind of waiting for the All Star break or the, the playoffs. Yeah, yeah, and to see him out there playing games in January, like they were the finals, body on the floor, you know, getting in dudes' faces, you know, giving one hundred ten percent. That to me was always the most impressive because that was, you know, that's where I, you know, that's where I thought he was my idol. Was like this dude is gonna bust his butt every single day. Right. Like that's that's what I want to do. That's what I want to look up to. Um, so that's that's what I'll remember most for sure. So are you more of a twenty four Kobe or eight Kobe? Oh, whew, that's a great question. I, I always <laughs> ask that question to Kobe fans all the time. I was like, are you an eight guy or a twenty four guy? Because eight was the kill. Eight was a killer, man. Yeah, no, so good. Both twenty four was was like the nail in the coffin kind of player. I I think I think I'm gonna go. I would probably lean twenty four slightly. I mean, there's no wrong answer. Yeah, was eight was you know supremely talented and he was young and he was so athletic. And then when he was twenty four, I don't know. I think he just developed this this perfect killer instinct this edge to him where it was like man he walked on the floor not only did everybody know he was the best player on the floor but he had that true like that's when he was most feared i think yeah because like you know you'd see dudes you know he'd step on the floor and it was like anytime the game's close it's like oh like you could be in his face it probably that's where he matter. literally made his nickname and then it just stuck you never really hear someone make their own nickname and the black mama just somehow stuck with it and nike just ran with it just seeing those commercials back in the day with like him and Kanye, <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah, I think with the Jordan or no, it was the Kobe six coming out, and you know Kobe was sensational. It, he did one thing with Jackass the one time uh, when he jumped over the pool of snakes. Yeah, allegedly. Allegedly, yeah. Those, those, <laughs> no, those those were great. That and jumping over the car were the fun ones. Um, but yeah, like you said, I mean, how most dudes, if you're going to make a nickname, it usually doesn't stick because no one takes you seriously, but not only did everyone actually take him seriously, but I mean, at the, they'll punch you in the face if if you didn't take it seriously. (laughs) Absolutely. I would say like eight was my favorite Kobe Bryant, because that was when I was starting to get into sports and just every time I would turn on the TV, it would be the Lakers and it would be the Shaq and Kobe show, literally. And you know, Shaq was just like the big, dominant, charismatic guy on the court where like Kobe would just like do these unreal things to where like a young guy like me, like only seeing the Wizards, Michael Jordan, you know, I was like, holy cow, how could this dude pull this off? You know? Yeah. Plus just you, yeah I mean, unreal yeah, athletic. Was the cool one. What was up? I said Afro Kobe too was the cool one. Oh, Afro Kobe. Yeah, Afro Kobe was the because it was funny because you know towards the end of his career i mean he was you know he shaved his head and then he was really he was going bald he couldn't grow any he couldn't grow an afro if he tried so it was that's always cool to see you get old yeah that's as we're finding to out break it's it getting harder <laughs> well since we finished talking about uh kobe's career he was supposed to get into the hall of fame on the ballot i think it was in september like the fall right and yeah um, it was supposed to be with august it was supposed to be with Tim Duncan and Kevin Garnett, the same draft class he came in with. Um, there's no doubt that Kobe is one of the greatest of all time. Where would you kind of rank him amongst the greats? Defi- People are saying he's definitely the best Laker of all time, but that's a conversation too because you got to think about Magic, and I I don't rule out you know Kareem, 
I wasn't, you know, I don't really see much Kareem highlights anymore, but people still say Kareem was the dude, but uh, people say the best in NBA history. What, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, so I mean, um, definitely something I've thought about the last couple of days, and I, I think that's going to be the next uh, you know, blog post that I have out is on this ranking. Um, me personally, I mean, he's my favorite player, and like when I was like 10, 11, 12, like you couldn't tell me any different. He was the best ever, and all that stuff. But that's when you're you're young and you don't, you know, pay a lot of attention. So I would honestly put him. Like, I have him. I have him eighth. I think. I have him just ahead of guys like Jerry West and Will Chamberlain and Oscar Robertson. And I have him just behind guys like Duncan, LeBron, and Magic. And I think it's a good spot for him given everything that he accomplished. Um, also, I think at this point in his career and given everything that's happened um, in the last couple of days, I think eight's pretty symbolic considering that was his first number. Um, and there's nothing wrong with that. I think anybody, anytime you could say you're top 10 in your sport, of all time, I may mean, think of the you know thousands and thousands of people that have played basketball. To be eighth best yeah. um, is, I think, a great achievement. And uh, you know, I'm 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 content with it. Like, I'm not gonna argue with anybody and be like, oh, he should be higher, he should be lower. Like, you put him where you want, but I think he's eighth. I think he's in a great spot with a great group of uh, absolute legends. And um, well, you can make yeah. the case that he was the best in the whole entire 2000s decade in basketball, uh, the best player. I mean, you can throw in Shaq if you want to. You can throw in LeBron in his early days. But the dude won five championships. You, yeah, you're not really going to see that from any active player, I don't think, in the near future. No, definitely not. I mean, five, five in a decade. Is a um, lot. <laughs> that, yeah, it's, that's insane. And, you know, like you said, you could have Shaq in there, but, you know, he kind of faded towards the last half of the 2000s. And LeBron. And Duncan, Kirk, yeah, and Kirk, Duncan, would be the, Duncan would be the only one that you could probably have because he had that longevity and he was so good throughout the decade. And he had, you know, they had the 99 titles. So if you throw that in there, they had four titles basically in the 2000s. Um, but then LeBron wasn't quite there yet. He got there at the end of the, of the 2000s. But, you know, the 2000s yeah. itself, really. I mean, that was Kobe's rise to fame, rise to stardom, and then where he became the best player. You could argue so. that Kobe had the best basketball game in uh, NBA 2K10. That's a great game. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I had I, I got that so fast when that Just came out. I mean, <laughs> so many, so many, um, like, dominoes happened, like, that year with, like, Kobe and his, like, second prime, LeBron leaving. Dwight Howard was, like, a, this new athletic center that no one was really talking about. Just so many um, scenarios in that game that revolved around the league, like the, the Celtics three. I mean, it was, it was great. And then also NBA Street. I remember playing NBA Street back in, like, 2001, and my starting five was literally Derek Fisher, Kobe Bryant, and Shaq, and no one was going to beat me. <laughs> Yeah, no, not at all. I mean, yeah, I mean, he was, you know, he was, he was everywhere on the court in the two thousands. He was yeah. everywhere in, in the media and in video games. And I mean, I, when I think of the two thousands, that's uh, you know, he's the guy. He he is the guy of basketball. I always say the Mount Rushmore of the two thousands when it comes to sports is you have uh, Jeter, you have Tom Brady or Peyton Manning. You take whatever one, the Tiger Woods, and then Kobe Bryant. To me, that's the Mount Rushmore. But I, I don't know about all time because I'm not really – I like watching basketball, but I'm not really of a historian of basketball. Like, I know Magic was good. And I know um, seeing all the highlights of Michael Jordan, watching him, like, actually 
bring relevance to the Washington Wizards, which is a very hard thing to do. Um, you know, uh, trying to get where I'm trying to say. I don't really know much of like the older mm-hmm. guys, like the Wilts and the Jerry West, and like how great those guys were. But I know from like relevance to now, you can throw in Tim Duncan and Shaq and like KG. But I think Kobe tops most of them, and that you can argue like top five. I'm, yeah, just not, I'm just not a 1960s kind of Bill Russell NBA fan. No, yeah, you're good. I mean, completely different era, different time. And, you know, you could argue things would be different if those guys were in today's league. And if Kobe was in Kobe and MJ played in 1960, they'd right. score 50 a game. So, it's, you know, you could compare that for Like my for most days important attribute all, throughout sports of all of them is like, do you win? That's the only stat that really matters. You're going to go out either a winner or you're just going to go out as just, oh, another statistical guy or just another guy. You know, It matters about winning. And Kobe won his decade and more to come. And went out a winner. Literally yeah. started his career. First point was a free throw and his last point was a free throw. Like kind of nuts to me. You would think his last point would be like some random jumper and like a blowout, but a gut-wrenching blow to the Jazz as a free throw. I mean, it's just great thinking about the career of Kobe, to be honest. I got Sometimes I get goosebumps just, like, watching his, like, mixtape that the NBA put out, like, when his career ended and just seeing how sensational Kobe was. And I think truly he's, like, a basketball player that everyone's going to remember watching him. Just, like, yeah, you talk about Michael, then the next guy up is Kobe Bryant. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're synonymous with each other, and that's who Kobe tried to emulate. And, you know, I mean, like I said, you, you see the highlight packages put together. You can see the videos really do the same thing. So, um, you know, this generation, you know, tries to mimic some of that stuff too. And, uh, you know, his, his name is definitely synonymous with, with greatness in the NBA. Yeah, and uh, another name that's synonymous with greatness is LeBron James, who is on the Lakers and um, – he was very shook about the whole scenario. Um, there was footage of him coming off the Laker plane after their trip to Philadelphia, which, by the way, that must have been a tough game to watch, too. I had watched a little bit of that, and just Lakers were, like, up and down. But anywho, um, LeBron mm. coming off uh, the plane, moping, and you see a tissue in there, and then he made heartfelt Instagram posts and saying he was going to carry his legacy on his back. Um, and the Lakers going forward, they were the best team in the West, I think they're about like two games behind Milwaukee. They haven't played yet since uh, Tuesday's game was postponed. But what do you see um, this tragedy? Do you see it affecting the Lakers in a positive way, or do you see it affecting it possibly the negative route? I mean, Friday's game against uh-huh. Portland is going to be a must-watch TV just to see the Staples Center, like the first game Laker game ever since the tragedy, just to see the environment. But what do you see the Lakers going forward? They were on a good run um, until this news. Do you see it affecting them in a bad way or possibly bringing them up and getting them a chip? Yeah, I mean, I think obviously they, they made the right move, first of all, canceling the game Tuesday. I, I don't think based on everything that we've seen that any of those guys would have been ready to play on either team. Uh, I think it would have been just a – going through the motions exercise. So glad they canceled it. Um, obviously, you said they're back Friday, 10.30 Eastern at home against Portland on ESPN. I think it's going to be an amazingly sad and amazingly great 
time uh, at the same time is going to be a great tribute for the game. Um, obviously, I'm, I imagine both teams will take, you know, a, a shot clock violation and an eight-second half-court violation, and I think you're going to see a lot of emotion from LeBron and Anthony Davis and, um, you know, Jeannie Buss, any of the Lakers management that's there. It's going to be a very emotional game, but I also think, under normal circumstances, I think a lot of teams would struggle with, with a situation like this. I think with the talent that they have and also the guys that they have, such as LeBron and Anthony Davis, I think those guys are going to be very um, motivated given how close they were to Kobe. They, I mean, they, they, they wanted to win a title before the year. They were, you know, they've been on their way to accomplishing that. And I think this is going to kick them up into another gear. I mean, I think they're all going to be playing – for each other, for Kobe and his family, and um, I think, I think you're going to see a different Lakers team. I think they might go on a, a real big run here. Um, we'll see what happens come playoff time, but I know LeBron will be probably as motivated as ever. Oh yeah, if there's anyone that can win. deal with this, it's LeBron James. Like anybody, it's LeBron that can totally pull this off. Yeah, absolutely. And I've been a big LeBron critic over the years. I'm really, I was never his biggest fan. He, he was a rival of Kobe's in my eyes, um, you know, in terms of being, you know, best player in the league and you know, all that kind of stuff throughout the years. But I think I've grown to have a lot more respect for him over the last, um, you know, couple months. And I think now, you know, it's one of those things like with everything that's happened, like I, I'm, not, I've never, I've been rooting against him, but I, I really am pulling for him to. Um, you know, turn it up a notch and just, uh, you know, win one. You know, it, it sounds cliche and, and catchphrasey, but, you know, I mean, win one for Kobe. I mean, how cool would that be to see the Lakers go on a run, play inspired Oh, it would be one and, of the best moments in basketball history. Yeah, I mean, it would it would be – I mean, I would, I'm sure LeBron would tell you – Especially the potential would, matchup that it could be with the Bucks. you know, with Giannis and yeah. LeBron going at each other. And someone in Giannis too, who is very has been very affected. I think he deleted his Instagram um, because and his was, Twitter too. I think he deleted everything. Did he get rid of all? Yeah, yeah. So he got rid of all social media. I mean, he was inspired by Kobe coming over, and Kobe had challenged him on Twitter a year or two ago to win MVP and then win a title. So, um, you know, what a matchup that would be to see. And I think if the Lakers were to somehow pull off winning a championship, you know, LeBron would have probably be the first to tell you that that one would be his fourth and that one would be more important than the other three combined. So I don't know. Um, Getting the chip for Cleveland was something big, but yeah, definitely. It, it was, it was, no, it, it was cause that was definitely like his hometown. And I remember how, I remember he was crying with that. The, one, but the I, I think, championship drought of that city was just so, I think it was 52 years or something like that. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. They, no, they had been starved for sure. Um, but I think this would be on a more just emotional level with like him yeah. being close with Kobe. Like this is, having a city go through a drought is like, okay, it's, you know, it's awful. It stinks, whatever. But like losing someone that you're close to and admire and respect so much to be able to win possibly a championship um, for that guy's team who he played for for 20 years would just be, I think an incredible thing to watch, but you know, we'll see what happens. They got to come out and, and you know, them just playing for Kobe out of spirit is not going to win them games. I mean, they still have to execute and do all the, the little things right. And I think that's what Kobe would want him to do. Kobe's not a, you know, he, he was emotional and passionate in a good way, but he was also, he always talked about, you know, that this, I think the word he said the most was execute. He always said, you got to execute on offense, execute on defense, execute the fundamentals. So I'm sure if he were there, he would tell him, 
do exactly that. And I oh, think yeah. you're going to see a, a real motivated Lakers team the rest of the year. I'm, I'm excited to see what happens. And uh, yeah, I can't wait for Friday. Yeah, definitely. And if, if anyone can carry the weight of passing of a great and legend of an athlete that Kobe Bryant was to one franchise, it would be LeBron. Um, aren't they going after – now, I know there was trade rumors, and I know we're kind of getting off subject of the Kobe thing, but wasn't there trade rumors about Kyle Kuzma and possibly bringing in another piece? Um, yeah, I mean, that, that had kind of been the rumor, you know, they weren't really sure what's in, you know, what the Kyle Kuzma, was he going to be the third guy and whatnot. But, uh, a lot of things that I've been seeing from, you know, guys who cover the Lakers and are pretty in depth is I think with this tragedy, um, you know, that locker room is trying to come together right now. So I don't know if they would necessarily, I don't think it would feel right to then go trade a guy in a couple of weeks and be like, Hey, thanks for being with us through all this, but we don't feel you're a good fit. So I think, I don't think they're going to make any trades. I think they may sign, uh, you know, if somebody gets bought out and they go to the free agent market um, or if like Darren Collison officially comes back, they might try and sign him. Um, But as of right now, I think this team is going to stick together as, you know, a group of brothers and that'll be something special to see. Yeah. They've been definitely having success this year with AD and LeBron and um, all the other complimentary pieces that they have. Uh, Kuzma, Josh Hart. Josh Hart's not there anymore, is he? I keep forgetting. Uh, no, he's he's down in uh, he's down in New Orleans. Yeah, yeah, he was Kuzma's part of that. The, Kuzma's the only one that's left from, um, like basically their drafts from the last couple of years. That that whole garbage rebuild. <laughs> yeah, that was a that was an interesting time for sure. Uh, yeah, I mean the Lakers definitely do. It's just I think the East has like really if the Bucks make it, the Bucks will be their toughest test. Oh, for um, sure, for sure. I think they can match up well with against the Clippers with um, Paul George and Kawhi Leonard. Now you would have to have LeBron to be on his A game against Kawhi because Kawhi is definitely a stud when he's on. Um, and then the Anthony Davis factor. The fact that Anthony Davis has developed a three-point shot over the years, being a, being a very tall guy, it's just kind of interesting to me. But, yeah, they definitely could do it. Uh, what a story it would be. I mean, the odds right now to them winning um, the chip, I think, is 3-1, to one, like plus uh, 310. So if you want to do that, go ahead and just put like an $8 bet or $24 bet or $24,000 bet, depending on your income. I mean, it would be a great story nonetheless and one to talk about for ages. Yeah, for sure. Def- definitely don't have twenty four thousand to put on, <laughs> but maybe maybe a twenty four dollar bet um, would be something cool there. But uh, yeah, we'll see. I mean, you know, LeBron has had a lot of playoff experience, and, and Davis has had um, at least enough to know what he's doing. So we'll yeah. see. I mean, like you said, like you said with the Clippers, like LeBron would have even to the Philadelphia Seventy Sixers are a tough matchup for them. Yeah, but a lot, the Seventy Sixers don't really have depth. That's kind of their concern. Yeah, not a lot of depth, not a lot of shooting, but a lot of size, really good defense. But the Clippers, I mean, that that's really going to be the challenge. Can they get past the Clippers? They've played, you know, the first game was a whole new experience. So I really didn't really count that one. But the second one on Christmas, they played well for two and a half quarters. And oh, yeah, they played awesome on Christmas. And, and, and then and fell apart. Yeah, in the fourth quarter. Now, you know, Frank Vogel, will he be able – to like tune up that defense because he is a defensive coach, if I'm not mistaken, right? Because he had the hit, Hibbert and uh, when Paul George was with 
the Pacers. I mean, those were good defensive teams. Yeah, yeah. No, they're very good. I mean, that's, and I think that's actually what a lot of what LeBron said this year is just how prepared he's been for defensive game plans. And it's shown. I mean, they've been one of the better, if, you know, we're probably one of the three or four best defensive teams in the league. Um, so defense is all just, you know, knowing, you know, the, the scouting report is one thing, but, you know, defense is generally, as you know, from sports and any sport, it's, it's, it's effort and attitude. I mean, you gotta be able, you gotta want to do it. You gotta have the commitment to do it. So, and I, I think the guys will, especially come playoff time, but, um, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens is, you know, basically have half the season left and, uh, you know, once they get through Friday, uh, things will, you know, maybe start to get back to normal a little bit with the schedule, and uh, they'll go from there. Yeah, I really want to see a Bucks lakers finals. I think that would be a legendary uh, finals because they, they just kind of match up similar to each other. And I, I don't know about the Clippers because the Clippers would just be like, well, I mean, they got Paul George, Kawhi Leonard. They're going to dominate whoever they face. Um, defensively, but yeah, I would definitely like to see a, um, LeBron just going on an absolute tear, kind of like the 2013 LeBron, where they that he had like that long winning streak. I could totally see that happening with this Lakers team. Yeah, I, I think so too. Like that's what we were talking about, you know, a couple of minutes ago. I think I could see them really locking in as a as a team, as a unit. You know, all 12, 15 guys, and like that game going on a run against the Celtics. That LeBron with that mean look in his eye, I could totally see that game in game out. Yeah, absolutely. I think like you know, as we've been talking here, I think like if I had to make a, a prediction, I guess of some sorts, uh, one you know for the rest of the year, I think they do go on a winning streak, and I think it would be very poetic and cool to see them win like 24 in a row right something like that you know what oh, i mean that something that's significant now are they going to make up that clipper game because they yeah. it would be 81 and that would be like oh hey look 81 games 81 points yeah they'll, they'll make it up you know as much as people i've seen a lot of people say that um you know I mean, <laughs> as much as much as the league would like to accommodate that um, you know, you do want to, you do got to play 82 games. Every game matters for the seating and, and the yeah. revenue and everything. So the nice part is it's it's two um, LA teams. They share the same arena and locker rooms. So yeah, they, they can totally can make it. Yeah, they can just pick a date where both teams have some off. The Los Angeles teams will be done by like March, so they'll be like, oh yeah, just come in and play a basketball game on top of the ice. We don't care. We're we're pretty much done. So. Yeah, exactly. They'll they'll get it in. They'll get it done. Uh, but it would yeah, it would have been cool to see you know just eighty one games. But you know we gotta we gotta stay within. NBA's got to make that money somehow, dude. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. You know it is the business. He's not going to be really happy with that. Like, hey, we want that game, you know. Yeah, exactly. All right, well, guys, that is all the time we have for today's special. We thank you for joining us. And if you have any comments about your favorite Kobe moments, go ahead and comment down. Uh, below on the Facebook and Twitter when we release this. Uh, like us on Facebook and Twitter at Bench Bros 2019. We are available on Anchor, Spotify, SoundCloud, uh, Google Podcasts, and anywhere you can find podcasts that are available. Uh, Jordan, any last thoughts on the late, great Kobe Bryant? Um, yeah, I mean, we covered it here. Just a, a, t- a tough week, um, but slowly getting better. And uh, I think the one thing it's taught us is just to come together not just for sports, but, um, you know, for each other, you know, text that person you haven't texted in a while, call that person, hang out with people, um, tell your family you love them and just, you know, strive to be uh, good people every day. That's all we can do.
Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. You said it well, right out of the words of my mouth, because I was about to say that. So anyway, yeah, Jordan pretty much covered it. And we remember Kobe and thank you for the memories for Kobe Bryant. You know, it's uh, I can't believe how fast 20 years went by. I mean, this is crazy. This is absolutely crazy. And, uh, you know, to be standing here at center court with you guys, my teammates behind me, and uh, appreciating all this, you know, the journey that we've been on. You know, we've been through our ups and been through our downs. And uh, I think the most important part is that we all stay together throughout. You know, I grew up, I grew up a diehard, I mean a diehard Laker fan. Die hard. I mean, I knew knew everything about every player that's ever played here. So to be drafted and then traded to this organization and to spend 20 years here, I mean, you can't you can't write something better than this. And I'm more proud. I'm more proud of the fact that not about the championships, but about the down years because we didn't run. We didn't run, we played through all that stuff and we got our championships and we did it the right way. And uh, all I can do here is just thank you guys. Thank you guys for all the years of support. Thank you guys for all the motivation. Thank you for all the inspiration. And uh, you know, what's funny, <laughs> the thing that had me cracking up all night long was the fact that I go through 20 years of everybody screaming to pass the ball. And the last night, they're like, don't pass it. <laughs> this, has been, this has been absolutely beautiful, you guys. I can't believe it's come to an end. Um, you guys will always be in my heart. And uh, I sincerely, sincerely appreciate it. No words can describe how I feel about you guys. And uh, thank you, thank you from the bottom of my heart. I, God, I love you guys. And uh, I love you guys. And uh, my family, to my family, my wife Vanessa, our daughters Natalia and Gianna, you know, thank you guys for all your sacrifice. You know, for all the hours I spent in the gym working and training. And Vanessa, you holding down the family the way that you have. I, I, I can't, there's no way that I can thank you enough for that. So yeah, from the bottom of my heart, thank you. And. Uh, what can I say? Mamba out.